Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. Now up the right wing to Dreisaitl in over the line with McDavid. The pass, McDavid to Dreisaitl, It's just one game. Well, it was a freaking awesome game. Whether you were in the building, watching Jack and Louie on TV, or listening to Cam and Bob right here on these very airwaves. Excuse me. Let's calm down for a second. I'm on my second coffee. Uh, You'll hear all of those gentlemen calling tomorrow night's game. 7.30 puck drop from United Center in Chicago. You'll want to tune in a little early. There is no anthem in sports that pumps one up quite like the anthem at United Center. So uh, tune in. 7.30 is when the puck hits the ice tomorrow or shortly thereafter. Uh, That coverage starting on 6.30, Chad, at 6 o'clock. Hey, we got an open time period here. If you you got anything on your mind, 780-496-0063 is the number to call. A lot of people are not buying into these these couple of uh, of heart stomping wins. Saying, "Don't forget how close they were to losing these games." And if they did, says this texter, um, <clears throat> "We're in deep, deep trouble of not making the playoffs." As it stands right now, sure. And if you had to qualify for the playoffs by the second week of December, I would be worried. But there is a long track left. Edmonton has really had an unusual schedule, and that's not an excuse. You got to go out there every night, and you got to play. Even if it's your B game, like the players say, or it's your C game, you got to bring it. They brought it 12 times, and they got 12 wins. There's some underlying stats here, right? Like, this is a team that struggles to score the first goal of games, as, as mentioned. This is also an Oilers team that takes the first penalty of the game, not more often than not. Like 18 out of 22 times this year, they have been shorthanded first. So when you're talking about a difference-making power play, second best in the league, 29%, you want that being a difference maker immediately. How about a tone setter? Not even a difference maker. How about set the tone with the power play? Got to go out there and earn one in the first place. 
but try not taking the first one. It, it, it could be an outlier, but I, I really do believe that when you look and you back it out and you see the 10,000 foot view or the 30,000 foot view, however high up you want to climb, and you're taking a look at this, it's wholesale. Doug, looks like we got Doug waiting on line number one. We'll get to you in a sec here, Doug. Actually, let's get to you right now. Appreciate you calling in. What's on your mind? Oh, you're quick, Brandon. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got you. Yeah, picking up on what you guys were talking about earlier, uh, uh, the owners overall are, are a light team. Uh, we knew this coming into last summer, and unfortunately, it didn't quite get addressed. I, I just feel that come, you know, uh, it's towards the end of the season and definitely into playoff time, uh, we are a little bit light up front and even on the back end. The back end, uh, we've got three or four, you know, defense, but basically play the same type of game, and it, it's not a, it's not, <laughs> they're not very tough in front of our net, put it that way, right? Uh, where, how are you going to fix that? Pretty tough. This time of the year, the only thing that might work out is come uh, trade date to trade that time that uh, something shakes loose. But what that is, I have no idea. Uh, I can just tell you this, Brendan. I talked about this to Bob in the past, and I think he double-checked on it. You go back to the 06 lockout. Every team, every team that has gone on to be the final two teams, either winning or runner-up for the Stanley Cup, they've all had a Norris Trophy winning candidate or or runner-up on their team. So this is I'm not a nurse knocker, don't get me wrong. But this team at this time does not have that true Norris Trophy winning guy that takes you to the promised land. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just stating the facts is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I understand, Doug. And there's, there's, I don't need to tell you about the divide on Darnell Nurse. Um, he plays a lot of minutes. I think that he, he, for what he gets paid, there's people out there that want to see him duplicate the production of others out there. And then I see the way that he intimidates out on the ice, and I understand that not all all of that money is being allocated to his offensive abilities. But you're right, I'd have to double-check on that Norris stat, uh, Doug, just personally. Uh, but it makes sense, right? And, and I think about the fact that if it's not a Norris-winning defenseman, then how about a Vesna-winning goaltender? That kind of thing, right? Or some sort of tandem like that. And and with the, uh, the Oilers' goaltending situation being middle of the, the pack, I would suggest, then, um, then I think that team defense needs to really be stressed. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Team defense at, at times is average at best. Uh, when they're on, uh, they're okay. But that, that last game against the Rangers, that game could have been 5 6 nothing at one time. Eh? So that's just uh, how it goes, right? But uh, our, our, our team defense gets covered up by a lot of our offensive. Uh, let's face it, we got uh, the two best offensive players in the league pretty well, right? And that covers up some warts on the backside. But uh, come playoff time, it gets tight. Uh, you know exactly what what it takes to win, eh? So, yeah, we'll see what happens, away. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug, for the call. And I think, I, I hope we don't have to wait all the way until the trade deadline to see a move made here, right? Like, I, I know that there's three quarters of the season left, but you are not in great playoff standing right now. And what if Seattle continues along some sort of, not magical ride, but if they're a hard out, right? If you're suddenly competing with another team, not only for a wild card spot, but for a spot in your division where they do have the spot Edmonton was projected to be in, right? Vegas has blown the roof off of it this year. Calgary has really struggled and Edmonton's been middling. So that's kind of opened the door for Seattle and Los Angeles to slide right in, and that's what they've done. Now, again, you got to wonder how long that will stay because there's a lot less 
top-end talent on a team like Seattle, but we seem to be having the conversation right now, is the top-end talent enough? It looked like the deepest team Edmonton has had in years, and now with these injuries, Yamamoto and McLeod and, of course, Kane and, and Fogle now, and, and it's, it's caught up with Edmonton somewhat. So you wish they had built themselves a little bit more of a cushion, sort of like they did with that 16-5 and five start last year, and then you could absorb that adversity with less stress than the team is going through right now. You notice, by the way, it seems to be kind of a race to four this year as, as, as far as who's going to win the game. So with Jack Campbell's goal, goals against average being above four, you know, there was, there was a lot of games in there that Edmonton got beat to that mark and they ended up losing. Just, just more food for thought here. 780-496-0063 is the number to text. Brandon from Windsor texting in. He says, we desperately need Jacob Chikrin as our second left defense to help out Nurse. Holland needs to make the trade now. I just think that he would be... The, 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 the asking price, as we know it now, is two first-round picks and a prospect. So I'm not opposed to trading first-round picks at this point, certainly. Like, it's time Edmonton goes for it. But you also want to get the best value for that if that's going to be the case. And I don't know that you want to overspend. Chickren's got a flashy name, and Chickren's got a lot of draft capital with him because he was a first-round pick. He's also got that, um, that injury designation. We haven't seen a lot of him play. We really haven't. Now, do I think Brett Kulak is better suited for perhaps that third line left defense? Yeah, I, I think that you're a better team if Brett Kulak is your third left defenseman. He's been elevated this year. and He's been fine recently. He's started slow. Absolutely. But to me, left defense is an area of organizational depth here. And for that reason, I can't see the front office being willing to invest those kind of trade assets into Chikrin. I think that you would more likely see the assets dispersed a little bit so you can add more than one piece, right? Like, so Kulak cost a second-round pick last year. So who's, who's a player similar to Kulak if you're going to try and make an addition like that? We've heard Carson Soucy's name. It's not necessarily a big splashy name, but he plays left defense. He brings a different dimension that we've been talking about. And then maybe you have him as your third or second or whatever. I mean, game to game, you could distribute the minutes however you want. 11 and 7, we've seen them distribute the minutes in very different ways. But to me, it is time to make some sort of an addition that changes the energy level of this hockey team right now. It seems that there's only one way that this team gains energy, and that's the electrifying offense of one line or two players. Why not a big hit? Why not a great forecheck? Or, I don't know, things that other teams seem to have in their bottom six, players you may not have heard of before that suddenly you log on to hockeyfights.com and they're making repeat appearances. I don't believe that you can succeed in the NHL without having that physical dimension. Not in the playoffs. You can get to the playoffs without it, but I think you're going to get kicked around. Let's step out. More texts still to come. 780-496-0063. Just doing a check-in right now after a couple of big overtime wins, and they're heading out back on the road. Fizzler, you're hilarious. I'm going to read that one when we get back on Oilers now.
Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630Chad. All right, Fizzler. Blaming the schedule, says Fizzler. I see Bob left a list of <clears throat> factors, not excuses. LOL. <laughs> I make up my own factors, Fizzler. Thank you very much. I'm watching the games, too. <laughs> we have had two different texters in that break alone text in saying, hey, please get this idea of Jacob Chikrin out of your head. Can we please move on from it? Hard no, injury prone, forget it, stop talking about it. Unfortunately, it's talk radio. I don't really have that luxury. But Cal and Spruce Grove, again, doubling down on that, saying Chikrin injury prone, not great yet. Lots and lots of history of injuries there. You got to look at the schedule right now and think, okay, so there's going to be some changing. And to me, this is where over the next couple of months, we'll see the buyers and the, and the sellers really start to take shape. If you can jump the queue a little bit, say because uh, <clears throat> the flyers are really falling out of things all of a sudden in a free fall um where, where is there a surplus of those gritty sort of again a different dimension where where's there a surplus of those players i see philadelphia with plenty ottawa the guy like austin watson i don't know like, there's just, there's other names to consider out there that haven't been mentioned before seattle is far exceeding expectations if that changes would a susie become available Perhaps not, but there's a lot of teams right now that, uh, I, I mean, good grief. Seven wins for San Jose, Arizona, Columbus, <laughs> um, and then six wins for Chicago, Anaheim. Yeah, Philadelphia's got seven, too. Like, there are some bottom feeders. I think there's definitely a pretty good draft prize this year, isn't there, when you see all these teams with seven wins through 20-some-odd games in the season. Maybe I'm not saying, maybe I'm saying a little bit. DS Barr texting in uh, Broberg up right now to see if he can handle the NHL full-time and grow into it. Listen to Doug. Is Norris a, or is a, rather Chikrin, a Norris winning D? I would say no. If you're spending the first, it has to be on someone better. And not only that, but some term is needed as well. Yeah, uh, we've seen Toronto blow their first-round draft picks on guys like Nick Foligno, for example, who did not lead them anywhere in the playoffs and did not re-sign. I, I would really have a hard time seeing Ken Holland spend a first-round asset plus to get somebody who didn't have term. Carson says we need the 06 version of Yaroslav Spacek. Probably easier to find that player back in 2006. <laughs> People need to get the uh, the idea of tough being an intangible uh, that the Oilers are missing. This team doesn't get pushed around, especially when Kane is back in the lineup. We need better team defense. Bottom six forwards either scoring or being above average defensively. There's a different perspective from this texture who says they are tough enough when Kane's in the lineup. And here's where I say, I believe that that's what they hung their hat on in the offseason. And why not? Kane's one of the scariest guys in the NHL. It was a very unlucky bit of happenstance that that happened, but you can't let that dictate three months' worth of your season. You you need to be able to, to plug in that hole. And unfortunately, there's been some other injuries around that as well that have really depleted the depth. But I've seen a few times this season where the star players of Edmonton have had to take things into their own hands 
and I don't think that they should have to do that. That's not the brand of hockey that they're paid to play. For Darnell Nurse, part of that $9.5 million is the intimidation factor. For Connor McDavid, part of that $12.5 is not. End of story, right? So there's there's guys in the league that you need to find employable that you can fit within the salary cap right now, and you got a little wiggle room. You're not going to make a crazy addition because you got to get Kane's 5.25 back on the cap in a couple of months. It's never left the cap, actually. You know, so it's not going to be a big, splashy addition, but I, I do think that an addition needs to be made. 780-496-0063 is now the time to get a... Jonathan Taves, for example, to try and, and improve that bottom six. Matt's wondering that. Well, that goes sort of what Frank Saravalli was talking about, where you get that defensive dimension in the bottom six. How about a centerman that can win face-offs, like Jonathan Taves can win face-offs, be a badger out there? And, and I know he's not the young, spry chicken that he once was, but there's some game left in Taves. Don't forget that Duncan Keith's a member of the front office of the Oilers right now. I'm sure his experience last year would hold some weight in the opinion of, of Taves, but we may not see that type of move made until closer to the deadline. I think that's the type of move, ultimately, once this team is fully healthy, that could help get them over the hump because he brings the defense to the bottom six. He's not easy to play against, right? You get Kane back. There's the toughness. Penalty killing. These are the things that you want out of a bottom six centerman. Right now, Edmonton's face-off leaders are McDavid and Dreisaitl. They're both over 50%. That's great. The other guys, not so much. Ryan McLeod has taken 135 face-offs this year. He's only operating at a 44% clip. Leads to goals against, especially if you're on the penalty kill. you got to be able to win the face-offs. And what you don't want to do, and I've said this time and again on this show, is you don't want to have an entire season. It's, it's taxing to have to do that over and over again in a game. You don't want an entire season worth of Leon Dreisaitl being the main face-off guy, essentially the only face-off guy when, it, when the chips are down and it's late in the game and you're in your own zone. He's, he's, you can't be the only option to take all that punishment for 82 games and then you expect them to do it for 25 more in the playoffs. I think you need some help, and that's, to me, where a guy like Taves... You talk about a dimension change in the bottom six, there you go. But that would cost the kind of draft capital that you would uh, likely be wasting on someone like Jacob Chikrin, for example. All valid points here at 780-496-0063. James from the hood says he was at the game last night, impressed with James Hamblin's speed. Also can't figure out why Woodcroft keeps putting Pugliarvi on the first line. He's had more chances on that line than he deserves. He lost his hands that he had last year in the first 30 games or so, thinking the oil might let him walk at the season and or use his $3 million to bring someone else in. My thoughts, James from the hood. I'd like to see more offensively out of a player making $3 million, but I said at the top of the show, and I will give him credit for the fact that he looks like he's trying to be more of a physical presence. Even last night, he, he crunched. I think it was uh, Sam Reinhardt up against the wall. Aaron Ekblad came flying after Pugliarvi, who is not going to engage in fisticuffs. We saw it once this year, but it's not, it's not his MO. right? And so I wonder if, if he 
like there's a responsibility of somebody who throws big body checks to step up and answer the bell and i don't know that he's all too eager to do that yet so maybe um maybe with more <laughs> maybe with more of those encounters he'll get more confidence in that realm just keep the physicality up okay and then you're at least doing something to earn that contract to keep that a productive contract you're not going to see him on waivers, I don't believe, but would this team move him if they had an opportunity? I would think at 24 years old, after six years in the franchise now, that we know what he is and we know what he isn't. And what he is right now is a middling contributor with confusing peripheral statistics. They don't meet the eye test. And you're right. I mean, it's, he's almost on that line by default. So could he be one of the players we see moved out before a playoff run? Time will tell. Kurt Hill has a couple of new Edmonton Oil Kings to introduce you to after we get back from a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.